Get the money you need to do the work that you want to do, but don't work for money. At the end of the day, there's a very big difference actually when we show up and we do what we love and get money for doing that. Welcome to the podcast, Tapping Creativity, with myself, Matthew C. Temple. And each week, we're going to dive into questions and issues and inspiration around creativity and the creative process. How can two of the greatest psychologists of all time help us achieve creative success? That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, these two men that I'm talking about are both world-renowned. They're not Jung and they're not Freud, but they are incredibly important psychologists. Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, and then the other is Marshall Rosenberg, whose book and work in nonviolent communication has been incredibly profound in transforming conflict, both with others, between nation states, warring factions, and also interpersonally as well. In Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning in the preface, he talks about this particular book and how when he actually first published it, he sent it off without his name on it. He just didn't want... The, this book and this story to be intertwined with a personality. He felt that there was something very universal about the story. Uh, ultimately, through being pressured or convinced, I should say, by students and, uh, and other colleagues alike, he finally did release it with his name on it. And he wrote this. I'm just going to read straight from here. He said, it is both strange and remarkable to me that among some dozens of books I have authored, by the time he died, he'd written over 30 books, precisely this one, which I'd intended to be published anonymously so that it could never build up any reputation on the part of the author did become a success. Again and again, I therefore admonish my students, both in Europe and in America, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effects of one's dedication to a cause greater than oneself or as the byproduct of one's surrender to a person other than oneself. Happiness must happen, and the same holds for success. You have to let it happen by not caring about it. I want you to listen to what your conscience demands of you to do and to go on and carry it out to the best of your knowledge. Then you will live to see that in the long run, in the long run, I say, success will follow you precisely because you have forgotten to think of it. I'm going to go ahead and be totally honest here. Success may not come in the way that you think about what success is going to be. Success will come. Just we're not sure what that means. But when you show up and you, you really put your, you do what you love to do and you put your work out there, you engage in the most profound way that you can, you will be successful. Now, uh, and also he goes on to say, says in the long run, because we all get impatient, right? We also live in a world where we see like 18 year olds flying around in jets and driving Bentleys and we think, oh, that's success. 
they've delivered some kind of value to the public that they're being showered with money and Lamborghinis and whatever else. Now, that's a pretty, pretty narrow vision of success. It's totally broad. And success is also very much like your relationship to what you're doing. Van Gogh was successful, not in his lifetime, but the amount of joy that Van Gogh's paintings have brought into the world is astounding. It is astounding. Now, was he successful when he was alive? I would probably argue, yes, he was. He wasn't financially successful. He died broke. And I don't want crazy, I don't want you to die broke and crazy. <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily success. Where Van Gogh had success was he was a successful artist. He had he was a successful artist in that he had mastered a technique. He brought, he figured something out in the way he presented and was able to work through these techniques that we all still love today. It's a beautiful thing. So there was success. Now, of course, the monetary success did not come to him, but something else incredibly rewarding did. And, you know, the other piece is to look and when we're struggling or when we're going through any challenges within our work is that we're not playing the short game here. Life is a long game. You know, I hope that you have a long and ful fulfilling and full life. And a long and fulfilling life is just that. It's long. And therefore, this rush to accomplish accolades or have success by some narrow definition, yeah, Viktor Frankl actually really did become very successful. But the reality is he was also successful before that book was published. He was successful as a teenager, but yet you wouldn't have known his work were it not for this one particular book. But that was no, that was not the marking of his success. Now, Marshall Rosenberg. Marshall Rosenberg's fascinating character. He passed away in the last few years, but his work in nonviolent communication was pretty brilliant. Marshall Rosenberg was a major pacifist and he did not want to pay taxes knowing that his taxes were going to be used for the industrial military complex. And he actually worked on some initiatives to allow people to decide where their money was going to go to or what their money couldn't be used for. So for example, you could earmark when you paid your taxes to say, you know, I, this may be used for education and roads, et cetera, but not for military or prisons or whatever. Okay. That would have been, that was an idea. It didn't actually work, but he was not going to pay into that. And so rather than pay taxes, he started giving his money away and he gave away enough money that he always got to that threshold where the government didn't come and ask him for taxes. Now, uh, I don't necessarily expect any or all of us to follow in that, but I'm kind of telling you that because here was somebody who, uh, who, whose idea of success was very, very different. And even when it came to earning money, he got to a point, and he tells this wonderful story in the book, or if you ever get to see any talks that he gave on YouTube or anywhere else, at a certain point, he was making money doing things that he really didn't love doing. He was making money, but he didn't love it. And so he said this, he said, get the money you need to do the work that you want to do, but don't work for money. At the end of the day, there's a very big difference actually when we show up and we do what we love and get money for doing that. He said, get the money for the work you do that meets your need for meaning. If it meets your need for meaning, 
Do it if it enriches life and it gives meaning. So we went from, he basically talks about how I went from I had to do all these things to I choose to do this. Now, that doesn't mean that you may not choose to go to a job that pays your bills. It might not be your favorite job. Maybe you even don't like it. But so much shifts even when you go and you choose that. So the thoughts that lead to guilt, shame, anger, depression are a tragic expression of unmet needs, he also says. So therefore, when we're feeling really down, we're kind of getting beaten down by the world, it's that there's actually an unmet need that we don't know how to express ourselves or to get those needs met. And one of those things going back then is around this idea of getting money for the work that you want to do, right? So it's not working for money. It's getting money for the work that meets your need for meaning. And I just absolutely love that. And so I think the reason why I'm bringing these two together is that the way success is going to show up for us is by doing what we love to do. How that success shows up, that may or may not be up to us completely. And it sure will likely not look exactly as you think it does. Because even when we look at other people who seem to have a lot of success, like, oh, that person was 18 or that person won their first Oscar when they were 21 or whatever that, that story happens to be. Is that success? It isn't if you never feel like it's enough. It's not success if you feel like, oh, maybe I just was a one-hit wonder and I got lucky and I'm never going to hit that again. And then all the fear and, and everything else and anxiety that comes with that possibility that maybe I'm an imposter. I'm young and I have a lot of money. What happens when somebody finds out that I actually have no idea what I'm talking about? That I'm not as good as I think I am. It's really hard. And then those creatives, if that's the case, then actually still have to go through the same process we all have to go through, which is to continue to grow and improve uh, and to continue to work on ourselves as human beings, as spiritual beings, and as artists and creatives. There you have it. Let's go out this week. Let's be creative. Let's engage. Let's do the things that turns us on, that fires us up. Happiness will follow by doing it. Success will follow by doing it. Money will follow by doing it. When exactly in what way? I don't know. Will there be challenges? Might you be really struggling around all of those things, money or happiness or success? Sure, probably. Probably. But we're in the long game, remember? So let's go out. Let's make uh, each day this week um, really a, a good step in this very long game of life that we're playing. Let's love it. Let's do what fulfills us, what enriches life. See you next week. Thank you.